Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
You guys, I am so happy to have our next guest back with us. Now, uh, he's been on a couple of times. He's also been on with his co-host of his insanely popular, amazing podcast that you guys all know and love. Uh, but a lot of people, if you don't know, I kind of came up with Troy in the Trenches uh, when we were baby podcasters. And I mean, I've always looked up to Troy as just, I mean, what a beautiful mind. I saw Oppenheimer and I was like, Troy is like Oppenheimer with pop culture. Like, I mean, he's not doing anything dangerous. I mean, maybe some of the celebrities might think it's dangerous, but he just has such a beautiful mind for all of this stuff that we desperately, desperately love. Now, his hit podcast, of course, is Beyond the Blinds um, with our, our favorite Kelly, uh, which, by the way, is about to hit its 100th episode. Uh, I, I think that's that's correct. But then also... Yeah. He started with this podcast, Dunzo, which I want to talk about because I noticed I was like kind of doing my little light Troy research and the cover art changed for Dunzo, even though it's been kind of Dunzo for, uh, I think, over or close to a year now. But anyways, it's just so exciting to have him here. Troy McKeady, welcome back to the show. God, what an intro. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I compared you to Oppenheimer all the time. I was like, <laughs> well, I don't even know where that came from. And that's potentially offensive. No, it's so no, that's so cool. I'm the Oppenheimer of Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, yeah. By, by the way, how proud of you are are you of Lindsay Lohan? Which is like she had a baby and she looked like. What is your thoughts on Lindsay as a mother? Well, I'm excited to be an uncle. I've never been an uncle, so <laughs> I I hope that I do okay. You know, um, but I'm, I'm really happy for her. I really hope that it like kind of calms her down and settles her and like just I I think she seems the happiest that she's been in a really long time. And it's just nice to see, you know? Yeah, I mean, it is one of those things that we always talk about that, you know, infamous photo with Britney, Paris, and Lindsay. And it is funny all of these years later to see, like, I wouldn't have guessed that Paris would be where she's at. And I, you know, like Lindsay having a child, Britney doing what she's doing, you know, her book coming out uh, in, in October. It's It's just interesting to see how, our pop culture idols and these figures in our life, they grow. And I'm so thankful that all of those ladies are still here with us. Yeah. The girls grew up, the girls grew up, the girls had babies, the girls got married, got divorced. You know what I mean? Like they really <laughs> lived, but Lindsay was the one that I was like, God, I wonder if that will ever happen for her. Cause she truly in her heart seems like one of those people where like all of her family trauma would be healed by creating her own family and i just have always wanted that for her you know yeah and i'm like i'm curious how dina's gonna be as a grandma um oh my God. <laughs> you know that dina already has like a closet full of like contracts written up <laughs> but, but you know i thought you were about to see i thought you were about to see baby clothes and you were like no contracts it's yeah, yeah. she says uh, she's like i got your child a contract which by the way i'm noticing are you wearing a whole shirt I am. Oh, that's amazing. I just saw the crown and I was like, that looks like Hole's first album cover. Live <laughs> yeah. through this. Um, you you moved to New York, which I want to ask about, but you're in Chicago right now. And, and tell everybody why you're in Chicago. So I went to the first night of the Beyonce concert a couple nights wow. ago. And I am, I feel like I tried hallucinogens. I am floating off the air. I can't believe, and we were really close. We were not, like, we we weren't in Club Renaissance, but we were right outside of it, so we had floor seats. Oh, uh, and, and it, I'm so happy, like, 
she means so much, I think, to all of us. But it is so funny comparing her to Taylor Swift, which is impossible to do. But they're both doing stadium tours. And, we, you know, Taylor gets so much attention with the stadium tour that I always sometimes look as Beyonce as like an independent artist. Like she's an independent. She's doing stadiums, but she's like an independent. But it right. is, is it as incredible as I read? And even that close, when I see photos of people like in the, the nosebleeds, it looks beautiful, even with just the video. It was hands down the best live show I've ever seen, which is saying a lot because I've seen a lot of my idols, but like it was so overwhelming. Like it was so um, like artistically spectacular, you know, it was so above and beyond. And like, she was so incredible and so personable. And like, I know a lot of people have been saying that she just seems like she's having like so much fun. And that was the vibe. It was just so fun. And she did was Blue so Ivy chill. come out? Did I what? Did Blue Ivy come out on her little dance thing? No, Blue Ivy what? was not here for the first night. Blue Ivy said, "I'm not. I I'm not in the mood." But the second night she came out, <laughs> I wasn't there for. Her, so yeah, I do love the thought of Blue Ivy going. I'm not feeling it tonight. I just I don't <laughs> I, I don't feel what I need to feel to be out there. Did you cry at all during the show? Yes, yeah, so I went with my friend Zach and his husband Alistair. We all cried at different times. Zach cried from his diaphragm like he was like belly crying like peeled over <laughs> holding himself um it was really yeah we cried in gay the subtitles just like, <laughs> gay. <laughs> well, yeah. beyonce's that one artist though like i can even tease taylor swift and kind of things but beyonce's like she's one of those untouchable people for me because when i talk to her, it's like i always talk about like the performance that i've seen that like have just blown me away and i always said it's her and prince like her mm-hmm. and Prince were two artists where I started to believe it was another argument that God exists. And I'm not even yeah. joking. Like, I was like, how can this be happening? Like, how can yeah. this person do this? And you know, the work she puts in. And I think that she makes it look so easy and God given, but you know that there's real blood, sweat and tears in that. Yeah. I was thinking something similar when I was watching her, like I was listening to her sing, and I was thinking, She's been singing at such a crazy high octane level for so long that this feels normal for us to hear this woman sing like this, but this isn't normal. Like, like the ability that she has with her voice is so abnormal, but we're just so used to it. And I was like, I I was also stoned. So, you know, Uh, (laughs) I was like, this woman isn't human. Like, I can't believe we've been listening to her sing like this for so many years. Like, Oh, it was amazing. Um, so you're in Chicago, but you you re like when did you move to New York, Troy? I've been in New York now for I want to say this is like my fourth month or maybe my fifth month. Now, where did you move from? I lived in Cleveland. Yeah, and so what is the adjustment for you in these four months? And I just want to say, like once again, even me. Like where we started, I don't think you would have ever imagined you like I remember talking to you and recording you were in your closet and your apartment, chain smoking. And, you know, it's like it all goes a certain way. And it was like these people that have like this insane talent and then like beyond the blinds comes and it's a juggernaut. And I think it's made so like these things in your life that you can't possibly ever have dreamed of. And I'm not saying like your Beyonce level of like you're a millionaire, but like you're moved to New York. You could never have imagined that. Not even in. I mean, that was like my one day in in my wildest of wildest dreams. Maybe I'll be able to afford living in New York one day. 
And um, yeah, it, every day I'm like, I, I still, I still feel like I'm visiting. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still feel like it feels like my home, and I, I, I get excited to go back home. But it still sometimes feels like this thing that I'm going to end up having to leave, and I have to remind myself, like, no, I, I live here. Like, I really do live here. I'm not on an extended vacation. You know what I mean? Well, this is the New York Troy era. You might go to Paris <laughs> next. You might go, like, who knows what the next, as things even grow and continue. And and beyond the blinds, you know, you, you, you're doing the live touring, you're doing the shows. But then I do want to talk a, a second about Dunzo, which was the podcast that you started originally. And I was noticing that the cover art changed on Spotify. And mm-hmm. I noticed Cloud 10, who we're affiliated with, the iHeart um, shingle Cloud 10, um, is that I noticed their name was on this as well. Is there new Dunzo news? Will you be doing uh, a revamped Dunzo at all? Yeah, so I do have exciting Dunzo news. So I once I obtained the rights back to my work from Dunzo, I um, we created a feed for it. And I'm going to put it all because people ask, like, how do I get it? All the old episodes are like not really available in full. Like it was like a whole the, a whole thing. Yeah. And um, now I finally have the rights to all of it. And so I'm going to make a Patreon so that people can just listen to it when they want. If they want to download it, do whatever they want with it. Um, and I'm also I'm launching a new show, which is kind of like a Dunzo 2.0 with Cloud 10 that I'm going to be doing by myself. And I'm really excited about it's like. If Dunzo graduated high school, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I mean, it's, I, it is funny. It's like, we, we've just grown up even before there were podcasts, just loving and talking and just loving all of this stuff. So it's so cool. It's like living in New York. You might've dreamt, like I, I dreamt about making money about, but I never imagined that you yeah. could. I didn't think that yeah. was a thing. Like, so it is so fascinating. Like, you mean people will let me just talk about shit that I really <laughs> truly love? Like, it's still, it's like a pinch me moment. I mean, you just, I, how cool. So, okay. So that's to look forward to. And any updates on that? How do we follow updates on Troy McKeady before we get into celebrity culture? If you follow me on Instagram, it's like where I post most stuff at Troy Jean Spears. Um, you will see, I'm going to post the, uh, it's taken me forever to download all my old episodes. Cause there's like, I think there was like 240 episodes or something wild. Holy and, shoot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've had to do them one wow. by one. It's been like, wild. um, but yeah, so I will definitely post it when they're all okay. ready to go. Okay, that's exciting news, you guys. That I mean, that's a Patreon that is worth. I'm, I'm telling you, I listen to a lot. In fact, I think I am on one of these episodes back in the are. day. I remember when I was going through all my shit. I remember going to like Portland by myself, and then that Sunday we sat there. We talked about Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore's relationship for like hours, and it was. Uh, I was like in this strange town that I went to visit just because I was going through hell and it was so great. So that is, you guys, you got to sign up for that when that happens. Um, in terms of pop culture, I always just like, where are we headed, Troy? Because we have all of these people, like now I can't escape pop culture. There's a million accounts that talk about it, a million shows. Everybody has these differing opinions and the parasocial relationships that go into all of this stuff as well. Like, where are we headed in your opinion? Well, it's an interesting shift because it feels like in the past, I would say a couple years, and I would say thanks to, I would say mostly Dumois, like the celebrity landscape has really shifted and really changed. And it feels like people are aware of celebrity in this different way. I was thinking last night that like when I was younger, like in the 90s and like in the early 2000s, 
I feel like that was like, you remember when you were younger and you believed in Christmas, like in like the child way, but then you got older and like Christmas changed and like it can't ever go back. Yes. Yes. To me, that's how I kind of view like 90s, early 2000s celebrity. Like we just looked at celebrity and pop culture with this like whimsy. And I feel like people don't have that whimsy anymore. People are like looking for the real, the raw. They want like what is the underbelly, what's really going on. And people are like way more aware, I think, of celebrities' tricks and all the things, you know, like people will call everybody's an expert. We're all experts. Like, you know, it's it is. But it's, it's like that thing of like, I always tell that story of uh, subscribing to Us Weekly, you know, like right in the early internet days. And it was still one of those looking forward to every week of getting that magazine and flipping through the pictures. But now on my phone, I can get those pictures on a minute by minute basis. Yeah. And it, like there was a romanticism or I romanticize it in terms of these things that I worked hard. Like I, I meant $75 for an Us Weekly subscription back in that day. That was a lot of money that I spent. And I I earned that money. And I was so proud of this that I got to sit with this magazine over the weekend. And now magazines are out the window. You know, the Celebrity Blinds, um, I I was watching this documentary on Rock Hudson the other day. And and he, you know, was... uh, you know, he, he lived his life as a gay man, but it wasn't public about it. And there were also just a, a handful of tabloids back then. And we didn't have the constant 24-7 on a celebrity. And I was like, Rock Hudson, he wouldn't have lasted a year with his career without people knowing everything and everywhere mm-hmm. he went. Yeah, and it's interesting that you bring up him specifically because it's like now you have people that you could compare to him. You know, like I was thinking – um, the other day about the Colton Haynes article that came out like a year or so ago. And he talked about, you know, his management, not wanting him to be gay and not wanting him to come out and teaching him how to change the way he speaks and having to go through, you know, vocal fry lessons and talking with a post-it in his mouth and all this shit. And it's like, it's like these two worlds colliding, like really old school, like really old white dudes that think they know better like you can't be an action star if people know you've been with a guy like that kind of yeah. shit, you know? Yeah. Combined with this new like TikTok generation of Hollywood, they don't work. And I'm I'm just I'm the one thing I will say is that it feels like we're really pushing like that old People magazine era thing out of the zeitgeist. Like I hope it feels like it's being pushed out. Yeah, I mean, there was this scene in the Rock Hudson documentary that exactly what you said, that he had to go to boot camp to learn how to be more manly, to learn how to ride a horse and learn how to, like, not be effeminate in any way because there were gay men everywhere in Hollywood. You know, like, he lived his life as a gay man, but it just couldn't be public knowledge or he couldn't portray the type of roles that were available to him. And Mm -hmm. now it's this interesting shift of, like, wait a sec. Are you telling me that we live in a world where gay is okay? Like where we could actually wait, are you telling me that a gay man could play a straight man in a role like a straight man used to play gay men in movies? Like it is an interesting shift. And you see those people, real ultra right wing, just holding on to the don't change, don't change. I want it to stay the same. And it's so weird. It's crazy. And the people who are really supporting these artists, like the people who are supporting, you know, Harry Styles. It's like, do you really think that they would care? Like, do you really think that these like 21 year olds would care so deeply and be so, I mean, it's not 1994 anymore. You know what I mean? And even when I was younger, I look back and I'm like, I look at like 
videos of NSYNC like thrusting in waterfalls wearing like tank tops and shit. I'm like, that wasn't for young girls. That was for fucking Luke Roman. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even then when we were trying to pretend that it wasn't this way, it's always been this way. So let's just like let the air I know I'm older than you, but I used to like, and I still do. I have an extreme love and fascination with George Michael. I don't know. Did you watch the Wham documentary on Netflix? I haven't Oh, dude. I mean, I, it's, it really was just this explosion of color. And I was just thinking about George Michael. It's like, wake me up before. And it was so, and he was right. He was discovering who he was. He, he found out he could write songs really well. And then yeah. through the course of his career, things got darker and things got sadder in his music because he experienced life. But that original Wham into faith, he was wearing like, like mesh tops. Like, how did we like, like, come on, you're saying, you're saying you went to a sold out wham stadium show and you're like that guy in thigh high heels, assless chaps at a, like a big chest hair. Like you're, you're telling me you're like, I want that guy to fuck me. Like that, that guy loves girls. Like it was just one of those things. It was like, it's out there in the open. He talks about it in the songs. It's, it's actually absurd. Like when you really think about it, it's truly an absurdity. Like it's, it's so ridiculous and it's so it's such wasted energy. And I also feel like there's a really sinister sort of thing behind it where it's like, like you guys all know that I'm gay and you don't want me to be gay in public and you'll take advantage of my of whatever this is, my sexuality and all these things, but I can't like own it myself. It's just very like dark-sided if you will oh it i mean in hollywood it always has been that industry and i think that's why blind items it, you know kind of highlights how dark this stuff is and i know all elements of humanity can be dark but celebrity culture especially because when you have this many eyes on something we yeah. all want to make it pristine you know like it's like this pristine yeah. thing and this kind of snow globe um you know i was just thinking like it would be great if you know troy's management is like troy loving what you're doing with the podcast could you could you could you be less could you like just butch it up a little bit on the shows could you yeah could you you know could you tell us what you think about uh morgan wallen like could you be a morgan wallen <laughs> yeah. fan potentially they're like less uh, hands there's too much <laughs> of this. Oh, dude i get so i was i what somebody said the other day i was making fun of schwartz how he like touches his face a lot and then somebody rightfully said Dude, you literally molest your face in videos because I'm just so hands. And I was like, that's a very solid point. I have a self-hatred of myself and Tom Schwartz. Um, uh, What in celebrity pop culture right now, this was the question I was thinking of, like these things that we love and we go down these deep rabbit holes and I would just like stay up for nights, just like looking at all of these things and videos. Does anything do that for you anymore in pop culture? Is there anything new or things that still send you down these rabbit holes? Or is it like time to make the donuts? <laughs> I don't know if there are any newer celebrities that really make me like manic in the way that I can get pretty manic about celebrity. Like that yeah. have me up all night, like researching and like going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know if it feels that way anymore for like newer people. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anyone. Like I'll have like little moments with people where I'm like really hyper fixated on something. Like I got really obsessively fixated on Kim versus Courtney. And I was like, really like, Oh, in it. Like, last was, like episode was, 
Okay, are you what you're watching Kardashians this season, right? Of course, of course, dude. This is what like I'm telling you, people that like study pop culture, we love this show. This the this season, I think, is one of the best Kardashian seasons because the cracks are showing even as they start ascending even higher. And I think mm-hmm. that's fascinating to watch. Speak a little bit about this Courtney Kim relationship because this has been brewing since they were kids. See, that's why it's so interesting, because if you watch the show for a long time, you know that this has always been like this underlining thing, Courtney and Kim. It's always been a thing. And it's like there are moments where they kind of pull away from it and then lean into it. But in the past few years, especially since that like actual physical altercation, it seems like they haven't really been able to like fully pull away from it. Um, but I, I just think that it's interesting because you... I think people watch that show and they project their own like family stuff on to them, you know, like I'm an only child and I still project my family stuff onto the Kardashians. And <laughs> I, I just think that Courtney and Kim, like in the words of Candy Burris, they see each other. You know what I mean? Like they really <laughs> see each other. Yes. Courtney is the one far. person that will never let Kim be who Kim desperate. Like Kim's final form is like what she is becoming and Courtney will never let her achieve that final form. And there's always, but that's so family, the one family member that will never like, it'll be like, you all, you're always going to be, you're always going to be that girl selling tummy tea, Kim. Like we always know you're going to be that one. And like, that's amazing because everything else is going so swimmingly. I mean, minus Kanye in Kim's life that, you know, at the end of the day, it eats at her, you know, Kim thinks about this. Oh, for sure, because Courtney's the one person reminding her of, like, her humanity, you know what I mean? Like, in her, and who she, like you said, who she really is. And then on the other end, I feel like Kim has not a shred of respect for Courtney and sees her as this person who, like, just floats along and doesn't know who she is and has no passions or interests. And, you know, she wants this life. She wants this, like, really insane lifestyle, but doesn't, like, really feel like working for it you know what i mean like she finally has like mustered up the strength to like have a hobby she's like i guess i'll lean into matcha vitamins yeah it's a it's a lemon break even by the way the episode with her promoting the vitamins and she like lose it like she's talking in an interview and she loses her place and she's like (laughs) I don't, I guess it's time for a matcha gummy. And they're like, oh my God, amazing save, amazing save, Courtney. Amazing. Like they're all like kissing her ass, but you can just tell like Kim is an assassin when it comes to PR and Courtney's yep. just not at that level. She doesn't, she, she's lifting the lightweight still. Yeah. And it, and that's, it's like never ending back and forth. Cause then on the other end, again, I'm like, I understand Courtney's point of like, you know, she asked Kim in that episode where they talked finally, like, what are you doing this for? Like, why are you doing this, really? Like, do you even know why you're, like, doing this? And, like, really trying to say, like, you know that this is coming from a place of insecurity. Like, you're really just trying to, like, such you a know. funny scene. They were all, guys, they're all on this gigantic bed. Courtney, Chloe, and Kim. And Courtney goes, I wrote a couple things down since our last conversation. And she literally just starts reading Kim of, like, I want you to really think about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And you can tell Kim is just like, fuck this fucking bit. Like, yeah. and they're all in this mellow bed environment. And it's hysterical because Kim knows she has to listen to, but you can just tell she's fire starting Courtney in her head of just exploding. <laughs> her. 
<laughs> Chloe's like violently looking on her phone. Like, disassociating. I, there are no I made, problems. I made notes. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and like everything she was saying was so true. She's like, "Where? what is your drive? Like, it's not your children. You can say that, but like the, the, the Dolce and Gabbana show had more to do with like you than your actual children. Let's be honest. Like, what is oh. your drive? Well, and all, there's just so many guys you need to because there's so many funny scenes like Kim's big Kim's big accomplishment this season was she finally learned that she can dress herself. Like, yeah. that's it. Like, even like she her her person left their passport that was helping her with the Dolce show. Could And then she just she found the strength to choose outfits herself for the Dolce show. And I'm like, amazing to be at 40 years old and go, I can do this. Like, I was so funny to me. And it was so real, but so funny. It worked on so yeah. many levels. So absurd. And also her, I mean, just the fact that we watched this woman, like, basically become a muse to this man that we all now see as, like, insane. And, like, to the point of obsession. Like, you allowed this man to throw your clothes away, change the shape of your body, tell you how to dye your hair, tell you how to walk. Put, he put you in plastic stilts while you were pregnant and had you staggering around LA in eight months pregnant and big giant clear heels. Like she allowed that to happen publicly and we watched it. And now we're like watching her dismantle it. That in itself is fucking insane. I, it, that's what the, and the meta level of it, of watching her go through her storage facilities. And she was like, Kanye just wanted, told me to burn it. So I said, I'll keep it and I'll get, I'll, I'll save it for our kids. And I was like, dude, you mean your kids, Poshmark, Kardashian closets and eBay. Like, like my thing, like Kim is such a businesswoman, even in those painful moments. I know the kid thing to a degree, but she also knows that he is a piece of history. Regardless, he is a commodity like anything else. And she, like, she sees future museums. She sees all of this stuff down the road, but it is interesting. And it's so sad. Um, and deservedly where Kanye is right now, but that's the other thing she keeps saying, well, I'm not, those kids don't know anything about what's going on. I'm like, they're eventually going to watch this show. That's even meta in this of like, you don't think they're going to have access to Hulu one day and watch all of this shit go down. And their mom being this kind of savior, even though she's putting this on national television. Absolutely. It's insane. And And it's like, you're also bringing them to all these events. Like, North was at the Met Gala. Do people not? Oh, I thought she was, dude. I thought she was gonna walk. I got so scared when they showed her walking in the line. I thought I was like, wait, tell me Anna Wintour is not letting North be at the Met Gala on the carpet. I got really scared for a second. That was so uncomfortable when she was standing there by herself, like on the street. I was like, what is going on? Um, one last thing with the Kardashians, though, in terms of Kris Jenner, it's like. I don't want to say her evil plan, but her plan worked. Like she sometimes must be shocked that it actually all happened. Like all of her vision boards, all of this stuff, but not to use the Oppenheimer thing again, but I just saw that movie is that you created the atomic bomb. Do you ever think Chris Jenner sometimes goes, what did I do? Like, what, what did I do? Like this is getting maybe too extreme or is she completely on board with everything still? I think she has to have had moments where she's like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? But I think she's so far gone with how she views her kids. Like it's so beyond now, like there's such products to her. And of course I, I really do think that Chris Jenner, like genuinely truly loves her family. 
but like the way she views them and like what she's capable of asking them to do is so far gone now that it's like it can only get worse. Like I I, I pray for those grandchildren because my God, what is she gonna have them doing? I mean, there's gonna be one grandchild that rebels. There's always one in every family. There's gonna be one. Um, it is funny with, with the Courtney stuff, is that you know, you can tell with scenes with Chris. Chris loves Courtney as a daughter, but she also loves her a little less because she's like, you're not even really truly making money for me. Like you can Mm -hmm. tell that's in there. Like, you're not like, I'm not getting a good 10% off of you. Like there is this, you can even tell Chris is like, you're not fully on board and that's great. We love the life you're living and we're very happy you're pregnant, but there's almost this weird condescending, but maybe that's what I'm reading into it. No, I agree with you. And I feel like you can also tell that there's this weird, like, like almost like prolonged adolescence thing where like Courtney thinks to like her way of rebelling against her family is to like not participate in that stuff. Cause she knows how important it is. Like, and it's just funny to watch a woman who's had all these children been like in a really intense relationship, been remarried, rebel like a teenager. Yeah. I mean, like the leather, the Megadeth shirts. I mean, really, yeah. truly, I mean, what what a different era for Courtney. And I'm, I'm very happy for her pregnancy and getting away from the family. But getting away from the family with Travis Barker is so funny in itself. And <laughs> it's such an interesting journey that I would never have predicted. Um, what, what's, what is going on with Kris Jenner and Corey? We've talked about this before, but there was that like video of him like flirting with the lady in the club. And then he kind of disappeared. He didn't go to Courtney's wedding um, in Italy. What? Do you have any new blind stuff or any good new stuff on Corey? The only thing that I've ever read about Corey and blinds is that he's like a huge diva. Like he's known for showing up places and restaurants and stuff and being the most (laughs) difficult of the whole family. And like people always say Chris is so chill. She's so cool. Like as long as she has a martini coming, she's whatever. But he is the one that's like, my Skittles aren't the perfect temperature. Can you send this playback? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I love him in his silk, his silk jammies. And when he's on the yacht, he's like his best friend. Like he's on the yacht with Tommy Hilfiger and his wife. Like I love Corey on like yacht life, Corey. Cause Corey just fits in completely. Like he's just like, he loves all of Chris's older friends. And yeah. it's so funny. Cause like, I feel like he's going to start carrying around a tea set soon. It's like, Oh, that's what Corey does. He just carries around his own tea set. Like a portable um, bar. Yeah. Uh, Michael Rubin had that 4th of July party where every celebrity in their watch known to man came to. And there were so many blind items about Tom Brady and was Tom hooking up with Kim? Who was like, was Emrata trying to get Tom? Everybody seemed like they were trying to make a play for Tom, but there was all these rumblings with Kim and Tom. And then this week, TMZ published photos of uh, Irina Shake being fun and flirty with Tom Brady on an alleged date. Where are we now? What was happening with that Kim situation? And then how did I, Irina is somebody to be studied as well. I did a whole story thing on my Instagram and I said, somebody needs to deep dive this. And I got so many comments back of Beyond the Blinds did it in a Patreon episode. So <laughs> I'm assuming you know all about Irina Shake, but I was going over dating history and I was like, damn, this girl makes moves. Yeah, she makes a lot of moves, and I think that she – here's the thing. I think that, like, when it comes to Tom, I think that he's really, really, really down to do the whole – I'm not going to call it bearding, but I'm going to say that, like, Tom is down for, like, the PR of a relationship. Like, he loves the, the whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. He loves the attention. He loves the press. Like, he, I think that he loves it, and I feel like 
he's like a what's the word I'm looking for? Like he's like an MVP of like that that world. Like everybody wants to be on the arm of Tom Brady. He's an easy person to bring places. You can show up with Tom Brady anywhere. I personally do not understand it. To me, Tom Brady is like it's it's giving weekend at Bernie's. Like I feel like he's a marionette. I, I, yeah, I just dude. Can't. Exactly. Because it's like he doesn't drink. The only thing that he would be like really against in a relationship is somebody making him eat carbs. Because it's like his <laughs> diet's insane. He sounds like I'm like, yeah, you can throw a football. But like he just even in interviews, he comes off so bland to me. And I, I don't know much about sports, so I know he's a legend there. But it is so interesting watching all of these women, including Kim, potentially throw themselves at this dude. Because I'm like, come on, there's just it just doesn't seem like they're rebranding him as a fun guy all of a sudden. I think that it is all press driven. I think that they all want the who's now dating Tom Brady press, you know, like I think that the athletes fill a very specific like puzzle piece for women like her and for like these gorgeous women that just want like an idiot on their arm that will get them a lot of publicity and they don't have to do a whole lot. You know, you go outside with Tom Brady, everybody's talking about it. Yeah, I mean, and, and and combined celebrity forces, it creates something so much greater than itself. We've seen time and time again, I was thinking back, back in the old days of like Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe even, but mm. like this, Irina Shayk seems to have gotten the upper hand. Like Irina Shayk's so funny because I couldn't even tell you what she sounds like. I've only seen her in pictures. I've never looked up an interview with her, but like her roster, uh, Christian Ronaldo, the famous soccer player, uh, obviously has a child with Bradley Cooper, dated the drummer of Lincoln Park, the yeah. FIFA president, Saul Blatter, which is an insane name, um, she, like The Rock for a second. Like, what's her deal? Like, does Kanye even for a second? I remember flew her to Paris on his birthday and they had smiley photos together. What is, do you, what do you know about her? Or what do the blinds say? What do the rumors say? What I know of her is that she's, like, she's a PR girl. You know what I mean? Like, she's the girl that you want to date because she loves she loves PR and she loves attention. She reminds me a lot of the way that I used to talk about Minka Kelly, where I'd be <laughs> like, why just, <laughs> like, everybody has dated Minka Kelly. And, like, could I tell you a bunch of projects that Minka Kelly has done? No. But I can tell you that everybody has wanted to or has tried to date Minka Kelly. She has that vibe to me. And not in like an Olivia Munn way where like Olivia is so transparent. Like everything she does is for press. Everything she does is for PR. Like she's like a fame hound. She just kind of seems like she like has fun. And also in the meantime is really down to be photographed. You know what I mean? Well, Minka Kelly now is with Dan Reynolds, the lead singer of Imagine Dragons, which is so yeah. funny. Uh, Dan Reynolds, like he's getting out of a long-term marriage. They, you know, a Mormon relationship. Mika Kelly must be blowing his mind literally and figuratively because he's just like, <laughs> wow, holy moly, this is amazing. Um, and she's so beautiful. Uh, you mentioned Olivia Munn too. I was just thinking about that. If Olivia Munn, I totally agree with you, but you can tell with, um, uh, what, what's his name? The comedian, obviously, that he she had a kid with. Uh, John Mulaney. Yeah, you can tell she has to like temper those thirst flames. Like you can tell she wants to post all the time with him or whenever he's around, and you can tell she's like, "I have to be careful; it'll annoy John." Or that, like, that's the vibe I get. Yeah, if you've anybody who's never seen the pictures of her at sporting events with Matthew Morrison, mm -hmm. oh, <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> you want to have a laugh, like you really want to kiki, just Google those guys. Like, God. Um, so, uh, but but uh, Irina Shake, she was never like a yacht girl or anything, was she? Um, I cannot confirm nor deny that, but I have read. <laughs> I have read things, but I, I Listen, you know, it's all a- if you're a read, you're a reader. You can't help what you read. Like I read so many different things. Yeah. So who knows? Like I'm just. It is interesting though when people do target these people, and then or not target, but it seems like there's no discernible rhyme or reason. Like with Ariana Grande, we know she has a type now. Like there's no denying. In fact, Big Sean is the only guy that was potentially not her type because he's conventionally good looking. But everybody else, you know, it's like, but, but Irina Shake, I'm like, what a, what a different, differing roster. The only thing yeah. the same is that they're all celebrities. Yeah. And that she is, she's the press girl. She's like, it, listen, I'm not gonna, I will not hate on that. Like, you know, you have to like find your market, find your wedge and lean into it. And she has like, I, I'm not hating. I just think it's fascinating to watch. Um, Speaking of Ariana Grande, you know, the news just came out recently that she potentially is with her co-star of Wicked. And he's a very interesting looking man. Uh, I mean, that's, I think, obviously, probably extremely talented in terms of like singing and talent. But what, you know, what do you, where do you think Ariana Grande, where did she develop her taste in men? Like it's it's similar facial features, even though they all do wildly vast and different things. Okay. Can I tell you my theory? Yeah, please. Because I have thoughts. Okay. So I've always believed that Ariana Grande in her spirit is like this weirdo, like in a good way. Like she's like a, a music weirdo. She's like listens to Imogen Heap and like is actually like a big music dork, you know? But she also has to be a sexy baby because that's the space that she occupies and like it's how she became famous and it's how people want to see her. But I actually think if she had it her way, like she would be a way weirder artist and a way weirder celebrity if she had the opportunity like more of a lord and i've always said i wish she could just date another weirdo like not somebody cool or like you know not a druggie not somebody who's like whatever just like a like a dork like a weirdo musical theater dork who will like sing get drunk and sing wicked with her you know what i mean like an actual <laughs> well she's the literal cast member of wicked like that'll do it like, <laughs> yeah. this is a literal uh but isn't that i think she's fulfilling though, a prophecy we're in like a pr nightmare potentially for uh i think disney's releasing wicked i'm not sure which studio but we're in a pr nightmare now because she's glinda the good witch and mm-hmm. now this movie is going to like we're all going to be thinking about the man she potentially is with that was taken away from his wife and child by temptress Ariana Grande. And that's Ariana, that's Glinda the Good Witch. I mean, like, I'm so curious the backroom discussions with this movie studio right now of going like, holy shit, we're hopefully the hopefully the strike will last long enough where people will forget about this or they break up. They're like, are we gonna go full? Don't worry, darling. Are we doing it? Exactly. Are we doing it? <laughs> exactly. Like the spiritual sequel to Don't Worry Darling is wicked now. <laughs> No, truly. I mean, if anything, it'll, I mean, listen, it's good press. Like people are talking and I think. You think it's good press. You think it's good press. You think this is potentially something that is good for this movie? I don't know if it's good for the movie, but it has eyes on the movie and it has way more people talking about it than maybe would have. Like, I don't know if the press for Don't Worry Darling was good for the movie, but it got people to go see it that probably didn't care. 
Yeah. Yeah, the only thing with Don't Worry Darling, I was like, man, this is awesome, but I would love a little uh, corner box in the right-hand screen of Olivia Wilde directing this scene. Like, I want to see, like, what is, hey, in this sex scene with Florence Pugh, what is, is she look jealous? What is, like, I wanted wanted to see the the behind-the-scenes footage at the same time, which is probably not what the director intended. Um, Maybe we'll get it, maybe we'll get a a a special Blu-ray. Oh God, wouldn't that be amazing if Blu-rays really just went there and just talked (laughs) about, like, oh shit, man, he... Harry fucked the director and Florence. It's just a whole thing right now. And like just the, the grips, the grips and the craft service people are like freaking out. They're like, we don't know if we have a job. Um, it's just, uh, okay. So we got Ariana Grande. Where are you with Bravo right now? Like, what are you, cause I, you've always been, you know, this huge reality show fan. What are you still dabbling with? Like, do you still consume all of the shows? Folks, now is my favorite part of the show when I get to talk about our sponsor. And this week, once again, we are sponsored by our friends over at Factor. And Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. I got to tell you, I've told you already, but I'm in Gilbert, Arizona right now, and it's 114 degrees. That's usually the low. And uh, I got to tell you, it makes it miserable to do just simple things like running out to the grocery store. And that is why something like Factor is perfect for this time because it saves you from doing all of that monotonous stuff, especially if you are in a very hot Arizona weather climate. Um, Now, Factor has sent me and my family meals uh, a couple of times now, and it really has helped out. Uh, It really is so easy, which we'll talk about in a second. But we're in the thick of summer right now, so you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals to support sunny active days. Uh, And Factor, like I said, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. They can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You're going to save time, you're going to eat well, and you're going to stay on track reaching your goals. So a lot of us are too busy with summer plans to cook, but you want to make sure you're eating well. So with Factor, skip that extra trip to the grocery store. You, you skip the chopping, the prepping, the cleaning up um, while you're still getting flavor and nutritional quality that you need. Factor's fresh. It is never frozen meals and they're ready in just two minutes. I'm not, that's not a misprint, two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back outside and soak up the warm weather or get back in that bed and fire up Bravo. My gosh. So ready to feel your best while making the most out of your summer adventures, stick to your wellness goals with premium ready to eat meals featuring high quality ingredients. What are those ingredients, Ryan? Well, let me tell you, broccolini, leeks, asparagus. You can treat yourself to 34 plus weekly restaurant quality options like bruschetta shrimp risotto, green goddess chicken, and grilled steakhouse filet mignon. Like I said, ready in two minutes. Um, They have calorie conscious uh, options as well. You can try delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. In fact, it was really perfect for me because I've been doing a little bit of overeating and I remember I ate one of these and it was really delicious. And then I was like, oh my gosh, how many calories? And I looked and it was like 600 calories. And I was like, cha-ching, score. And if you need an extra boost to support your wellness goals, you can try protein plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. So they offer delicious flavor packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles. So you got keto, 
to calorie smart to vegan plus veggie and protein plus prepared by chefs approved by dietitians and you can round out your meals and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45 plus add-ons including breakfast items like their delicious apple cinnamon pancakes bacon and cheddar egg bites and potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet i'm starting to get hungry doing this spot Uh, or for an easy wellness boost try refreshing beverage options like cold pressed juices shakes and smoothies With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions. They source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices. And they feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. So this July, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals. They make it really easy. You just go online. Choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. So here is the important information. Head to factormeals.com. That's F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S.com slash SoBad5050. And you're going to use that code SoBad50 to get 50% off. That's code SOBAD50 at factormeals.com slash SOBAD50 to get 50% off. If some of you guys don't do this, that's on you because that is a fantastic deal. 50% off? You get meals, two minutes or less, fresh ingredients during the summer? You can stay at home? That's that's gold, baby. That's good as gold. Okay, that's going to be in the show notes as well. And now back for the remaining portion of our show. I watch all the shows. I'm still watching everything. I've watched all of the Housewives. I'm caught up on Housewives. I'm I'm I'll be honest with you right now, my spirit is very nervous for Atlanta. Yeah, man. I and also cuz this week we got the first of a two-part interview with Nene Leakes, the, mm-hmm. you know, historical with, with Carlos King and you know, she revealed a lot of things. Also, you have to take it with a grain of salt because it's Nini. She's mm-hmm. obviously a legend, though. Mm-hmm. Where I mean, because Atlanta just isn't. It's like all the ladies are individually. They're okay, but it's just there's nothing magical popping out. Um, you know, where do you go from here with Atlanta? And then when you throw this Nini Leaks interview into it, what was your take on Nini's? You know, talking about all of this stuff finally. Well, I really, really liked the interview. I re- I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I just like, I don't know. I missed Nini in that context. Like it, I really uh, enjoyed listening to her opinions. I didn't agree with everything she said. Yeah. And I, I almost feel like maybe because Nini has been so in it, like she, she was like not able to see the big picture. Cause when she was saying who she felt was good and, and wasn't good for the show, I'm like, if you even have one single moment of thought in your mind that Phaedra Parks wasn't good for this show, I, I don't even hear anything else. But that's so real. It's so, it's so real that she would say that though, because like, of course you would say that, but I like what you said. It's like, you love her, even though like, I don't agree with some of the, like, I don't even think I really agree that Cynthia was like fully going behind or trying to get Nini's bag. Like Cynthia, you know, I'm sorry. Like Cynthia doesn't, it's not that she doesn't have that in her. She's just not that good at the whole game. Like she's Mm -hmm. not, but I love that Nini thinks or wants to project that Cynthia was going around, you know, trying to talk to producers and, and turn people against Nini. That to me is a fascinating conversation. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I was like, I don't think that Cynthia was like really, I don't even think she has like 
I, I mean, I get what Nini's saying that like, you know, she's like, a, you know, 50 Cent comes out. She's a different person. But like, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't think that she had it in her to be like so manipulative and intense. I feel like she's like trying to worry about her own spot, which is always up for debate. On in the flux. Show. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I also I, I will say that I did agree with her assessment that Kenya changed the show. Whether that's good or bad, I think Kenya changed the way that they film the show and like what the girls feel they need to do to be on it and like the theatrics and the carrying on and just like sort of having your normal life not be good enough to film. Like you have to have like, you know, Walters and all these pe- these people, these like people coming in and out of your life that maybe aren't even really in it. I did agree with that. Um, but I just think the state of Atlanta is like. I don't think that Kenya Moore and Candy Burris are meant to be the leads of the show. Like, I think that where they have always fallen has been so perfect. Like with Kenya kind of being this, like sometimes villain, sometimes voice of reason, but never the lead. And then Candy is like the Greek chorus and she's our voice, you know, but she's not the lead. Like she doesn't lead a show. That's not. No, she's like Scotty Pippen. She's like, she's like the, the, yeah. assist, like she, like she's, you know, what a great, like what a great player to have on your team that shows like, and also Candy's so amazing because Candy has fucking three different other amazing careers on top of the housewives. Yeah. I mean, she's like the queen of Broadway now. Like, are you kidding me? Like that, yeah. there are so many amazing things that we've watched her do, but yeah, like Nini will always be that person that was born to be a reality television star and showed us what that is and you see that like that interview with carlos king i'm watching clips of it and i'm just like oh even if i'm disagreeing like what a fun person to watch like Mm -hmm. and also you think about the tragedy she's gone through in her life even most recently with her son Mm -hmm. and it is just but also she ultimately and will never be able to accept this and i think this is hard for a lot of people to hear she fumbled her bag i mean there's only a certain amount like, what is your take on, like, what she, uh, even if it's true, like, what she said and could she ever come back? Well, I was really disappointed, and I feel like Carlos was disappointed as well when he asked her. He gave her the opportunity to finally, like, have a moment where he was like, do you think that you got an ego after a certain point, Nini? Just say it. Like, it's okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we've been watching you on TV for over 10 years, girl. At this point, like, we know you. Again, we see each other, Nini. We know you. And she's like, no, I didn't. I had no ego. Not me. The girls were jealous. And it's like, wow, you really haven't done, like, the work. Like, you (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, in this context, as far as this show, you've not really grown. Like, you're still the same Nini that they iced out because you were being an asshole. Not because they were also jealous. Like, I just don't agree with that narration. I just... I think Nini became an, an a dick, especially when she was doing the new normal and she was on Broadway and she felt like the bag was never going to stop. And she just yes. had this influx of money and a new mansion and all these things. And, and you have everybody really, telling you how amazing you are. You're seeing yeah. you're, you're ever you're the face of every meme out there at that time. Mm-hmm. And it's you're right. Like the gravy train will never stop. It's going to keep getting better and better. But my, my you know, my teacher always said to me is that like, listen, it is amazing if you're talented and you're a star and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, 
you've got to be somebody that people want to work with. You've got to be somebody like you do have to play that game. The the social niceties that are sometimes bullshit. Like if you say the things you say about Andy Cohen, there's continually, there's only going to be so far until you are completely cut off. And that is horrible for us audiences, but like, yeah, there's certain things you can't come back from. Yeah. And it's really, it's surreal. Like I was thinking about that when I was watching it, like, I can't believe there's no world where Nini could ever be on Bravo again. Like that is so devastating, you know, like that's so sad. But I mean, you know, Andy even said this in a tweet, uh, you know, retweeted a tweet of Nini's years ago of saying like, you know, you're the house, uh, Nini leaks, the house that, you know, made the house, the house that Bravo built is because of Nini leaks. And mm. also that's like a nice thing to say. I think a lot of ladies, you know, those original ladies, you could say similar things, but yeah, like an integral part, the housewives would not be where it is without Nini leaks. But that doesn't mean that I'm always a big, like, well, the show must go on. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket, and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. 
tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Flies style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Like, I don't think anybody should be bigger than the show or think that's why my big issue with Bethany Frankel had a lot of big issues with Bethany Frankel. But one of those things is that she thinks she's bigger than I created this. I did everything. I came up with Andy at a certain point. You are a legend in this, but you are not you are not. This is not you are not the reason all of this exists. Am I wrong? That 100,000% agree. I've actually you would be so shocked at where I have landed with Bethany Frankel. Oh no, Troy, we're going to be on you, know <laughs> yeah. you love a good crawfish. By the way, Troy's in a hotel room. In the back, you can't see, but there's a big crawfish boil. He's been eating it with his hands in the background. <laughs> with one glove on. <laughs> I'm surrounded by shrimp heads. Um, <laughs> no, so where, you know where did you land with Bethany Frankel? I, you know, I used to be the biggest Bethany apologist. Like, I, I was always such a Bethany supporter. Oh, okay, good, good. You know. And in the context of Real Housewives, do I still think that Bethany Frankel is one of the greatest housewives of all time? Yes. Do I think that New York is a better show with her on it? Sure. But is she insufferable and psychotic? Uh-huh. Absolutely. I have such a problem with the way that Bethany infiltrates spaces. She did it with podcasting. She's doing it right now with YouTube, where she'll show up have no idea what's going on. Like when she started podcasting, her whole thing was like, I don't know what this is. I've never listened to a podcast. I don't care. My friend, you know, my assistant had to download it, blah, 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 blah. And then a month later, you are the, you are the queen of podcasts. You know, everything you have the biggest and the best podcast in the whole country. You get the best guests. You are the queen. You know more than everybody else. It's like, are you and now she's doing it with YouTube? So now she's saying she is a quote YouTube show where she and she doesn't understand because she doesn't understand the context of YouTube that people have been vlogging on YouTube for about 10, 13, 15 years. No, now. Like, Troy, she created it. Stop. She <laughs> created the blogging, and you're a liar, and that is not true. She created all of this. It's a skinny girl branded vlog. I'm just like. So now you're the queen of YouTube. Now you invented it. Shane Dawson doesn't exist. Who, who are these people? <laughs> it's just about Bethany Frankel. And she's doing all this ridiculous shit, like this middle America cosplay where she goes to like World Market and she thinks she's slumming it at World Market owned by Pier One. Girl, give me a fucking break. 
She's teaching people or, how to shop at junk or stores. The, do, the, the dollar store face masks. Like, oh, I'm going to review the dollar store face masks. All the, I mean, like, listen, pick a lane. I mean, you could pick a couple of lanes, but you can't have every lane. Every lane is not yours. By the way, I'm I'm probably the, did you know that she's starting a celebrity blind podcast? <laughs> I believe you. Did you see my face for a second? Because it's a joke that actually works because it could happen. Like there's enough, like, you're like, well, it could like, who knows? That's I'm like, but I just like, I get, it's like, um, it's like your home team and Bravo is my home team. And even though I disagree with some things that Bravo does, I'm like, either you fucking hate it or you fucking love it. But like, you can't go back and forth and vacillate between the two. And when Vanderpump explodes go, well, I created this whole kind of reality television genre. Mm -hmm. Like me and Andy came up in the sticks together. I'm like, you did not come up with Andy Cohen. Stop it. We all watched your journey. You're starting to make me empathize with Jason Hoppy, which I never thought I would do, (laughs) but there's like, but also would you like, I think there's a conversation to be had about reality television union about potentially unionizing for better pay, better working conditions. I'm yes, there is a conversation. Would I want Bethany to be the leader of my union? Fuck no. no. Fuck no. There's no chance in hell. And I mean, even with like the the makeup shit that she's doing, and now she's like a beauty influencer. And like she goes to these stores and she buys this makeup and she's never heard of it, never used it. She doesn't know how to use it. So she'll just slap a bunch of shit on her on her face and then tell you whether it's worth it. Who gives a fuck what you think is worth? You are literally you don't know what you're even. Do- That's like me going out and buying like tools, buying a bunch of tools, a saw, a wrench, all of these different things, and then using them for one second and telling him the tool man if I think he should buy it or not. Why would he care about my opinion? Yeah, so you are not valued in this space, and that's okay. And- you don't have to be. People get so upset. People get so upset sometimes when I talk about Bethany, but I'm like, guys, there's like a meta, you know, there's an angle to this where I'm like, well, it also, it's a love hate thing because this also makes her a different type of legend. Like I, Mm. like what she did in those early seasons of housewives, like, my God, just the legendary, but then this is kind of legendary as well, because there's a sadness aspect to it that fits in with all of the pop culture figures that I do uh, study is that there's this insane hole that she will never be able to fill. Like once mm. I thought she was like, oh, you're worth like a hundred million dollars from Skinny Girl. Like, oh, that's gonna do it. Like you're you're selling you're sailing off into the sunset, and then you realize like, no, she it's not enough. It's never yeah. going to be enough. She could be the president of everything out there, and it won't be enough. And I sometimes wonder what her analyst, like you know, who we used to see in the show, like what is those conversations working on herself, and and potentially seeing where Bryn winds up because we do take on our pattern, you know, our parents' behavior sometimes. It's just that deep hole, and that's what's wild to watch because I'm like, oh shit, like it's never going to be enough. It will never be enough. And I, I saw somebody on TikTok once say that if you pay attention to how Bethany talks, she actually talks exactly like Donald Trump in this yeah, sort of yeah, grandiose, you know. Oh, like, yeah. You know, you, I'm the only person that can do this. You know, you know that I'm the only person that can do a reality show contract. You know, like she always includes everybody like you already know. You yes. guys know that I'm the best for this. Andy and I came up together. Like, that's not true. Like, just throwing in weird little things to push your narrative, even if it's not true. And like you said, it's, it is like painful because I, 
I value Bethany so much. And yeah, she yeah. will always be my favorite housewife. She just is. But wait, I'm like, wait, really, really, wait, really, your favorite. You're still yeah. saying your favorite. Wow. Okay. In only in the context of the Real Housewives, though. She she is my favorite in face masks, influencing in face masks. That she's my favorite <laughs> in that. Nobody nobody comes close to. No, that's really. I, I but I I agree with you. That's a, it's always that two things can be true at once. I can find Bethany so fucking amazing for what she did for reality television. I can also find her so grating in so many other avenues. And it's also that thing with Nini of like, you know, Bethany's had so many failed TV, TV projects that I sometimes wonder like, what is the real scoop on Bethany in terms of the people that don't want to work with her anymore? Mm -hmm. Like I've heard some horror stories. I'm sure you have as well that I am curious about what her reputation is around Hollyweird you know, mm-hmm. she had a failed talk show, the HBO Mark Burnett show, which was just god awful. I thought I literally watched that show thinking like, oh, this is going to be on when I before I watched it, I thought, oh, this is probably going to be a huge hit. And then it was just horrible. The uh, the Shark Tank one was even worse. Oh, yeah. for Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God, that was like really I mean, she tried to like reinvent Shark Tank. And it, I, w- I think that one lasted like three episodes and they decided not to even air the rest of them. I mean, it's stuff like that where it's like, it's so, the thing about Bethany that I find really frustrating is like, she's never met her match. Aside from Carol, where she kind of came close. She's never like met her match on television or like just in life. And it's like, all she needs is somebody to tell her to shut the fuck up because it's so easy to debunk what Bethany says. Like you said, she's never had a successful show outside of the housewives aside from bethany getting married which was an extension of housewives and like she's the last person to come to terms with the fact that we only want to see her in one context we don't want to see her other shows and it's been proven for years they don't work but she somehow still sees herself as above housewives even though she's non-stop talking about it oh my god yeah Yeah. well i mean you said it exactly and i don't want to like this isn't just relegated to bethany because a lot of people we see in pop culture we only want to see them do one thing when they try to like go past those horizons whether you're a musician we want you to sound the same for the rest of your life you know we we find it very hard to like take a left with an artist and watch them take that left because we have such good feelings about when they were on this one path but bethany is that person that for all her, her business acumen i'm saying with quoted fingers doesn't really seem to understand these businesses and it is interesting when she has to come back to the altar of housewives but then she reinvents the narrative. Oh, well, I invented this. Did you listen to that podcast with her and Jill Zarin this week? I did. <laughs> what were your thoughts? And by the way, was that kind of planned by Carlos King of like, I'll drop that Nini one like now? And oh, like, maybe. Like any kind of like, I'll just take the rest of that oxygen and push that out of the way. And now we're going to be talking <laughs> about this. Um. Oh God. I was so excited because I was like, wow, I've waited so long for this. And like, that really was like my Super Bowl moment. Like I couldn't believe when it popped yeah. up on my phone. Um, but then I, I very quickly realized, like maybe five or ten minutes into it, that it was like not going to be what I was hoping. It was really hard to get through, in my opinion. It was semantics, and no, we were at this party. No, remember we were at his boat party. No, I, I remember it was the Tommy Hilfiger Hamptons party. No, you were wearing the white velour tracksuit. No, I wasn't. It was the pink one. Are you like? Are you? 
This is what let, let me get Allie. Let me get Allie. I'm gonna go get yeah. Allie. Yeah. Allie was there. Allie, remember I was wearing the flare jeans. Remember Allie? <laughs> Who cares? Uh, who cares? This is what you guys got back together to talk about the semantics and like, you know, I don't know. It was, it was fine. I mean, it was okay. It was fine. What did you think? Yeah. I mean, it was like, I've only like, I haven't listened to the full one because like, it's so grating for me. So I've like, I've read all these notes and I've heard clips and I hear there's like, I don't know if this is in the end or I was reading something about Ramona's podcast where she said that Bethany said at the end of like, well, don't think this means we're going to be hanging out all the time now. And I just thought like, if that, I don't know if that actually made the show or Ramona was just making that up, but I was like, that's the sad thing is like Jill, like Jill's been waiting for this moment for so long. Jill seems mm -hmm. like the last like 10 years of her life have been waiting for these moments. And then mm -hmm. when they come, they're disappointing, whether it's like the return to girls trip when oh. she showed up and nobody even knew who she was like, oh. these moments that she builds up in her head and then they happen. And it's like, Jill, you're special just the way you are lean into that. Yeah. Um, but what you said earlier is that the real conversation I truly want to see is Bethany and Carol. And we'll never have that unless Bethany gets super desperate because Carol actually has a language in which to really call out Bethany for behavior. It's true. And she she can't railroad Carol the way she could railroad a Bethany. And Carol isn't afraid of her, you know, like Carol is a woman who acquired her like fame and money and success in such a different way that it's like, it doesn't matter how much in the words of Erica Jane skinny girl shit you sell. Carol will never like view you the same way as some other housewife who tried to get rich off of a sunglasses line or a fucking toenails line or whatever. It's not going to be the same, you know, like Carol has your number. And yeah. that, that is a conversation I would pay. That's pay-per-view. That's what I'm saying. Like that to me would be like, Jill's great. But I kind of, when I started hearing like the reviews of it, I was like, oh, that's kind of what I expected. But mm -hmm. Carol would be real. I just, I think that would be the one. And, and Bethany, if she gets desperate enough, or if she needs a little more juice or attention, she mm -hmm. might put herself in that lion's den, even though I think ultimately that would be a mistake for Bethany, but she might do it just for attention. I think there's a possibility, a realm in which that could happen. I think that in Bethany's heart of hearts, and I don't think she would ever admit this, she wants to go back on that show. And I think that she regrets saying that she never, ever, ever would. Because, like, it was one thing to leave and be like, I'm above this now, and I'm doing all these things, and I have a talk show and whatever. She never, she would always say never, say never. And then she went back. But she really made it clear, I'm never, ever, ever doing that show again. And she can't now, but I think she secretly wants to. I think she knows that there's no better way to sell your dumb shit. It's the best commercial that's ever existed for your products. And the audience just immediately gets so just involved and they want to see you and they want to talk about you. And it's the best promotion that exists. And she knows it. And I think it's why she can't, she, if she really didn't care she wouldn't always be so one degree separated. She cares so much. That's the she thing. Cares like so much. that's what I'm saying. Like I like that was my dream. If I was like a multi multi millionaire, that I wouldn't do any of this. And maybe that's like not true. But at the same time, it's just like she needs it still, and that's the part that scares me for her. But it's mm -hmm. so dead on. Uh, two. Do you have ten more minutes? Yeah. Okay. Great. Two. Two last things. Um, Kyle and Mauricio. We got a. 
which by the way, shout out to Lisa Reno, Reno wine. I hope Reno wine does well this year without Reno being on the Beverly Hills. I'm sure it will. Uh, but Kyle and Mauricio announced their separation and we had, I'm sure there was multiple blinds that you've read over the years. There's always been Mauricio stuff out there in terms of mm -hmm. extramarital affairs, which I remember reading like a positive review of like, Oh, we had sex in Arizona. He was the best. So charming. And mm -hmm. I like, it was like a, it was like a positive Yelp review to have a, like a cheap. <laughs> He was like, he treated me like a gentleman. And I was like, God, this is like blowing. Like, he was like, so nice and funny. But then this comes out. Were you hearing anything leading up to this? And, and, um, and the special friend element of it all with Morgan Wade, the country singer. Like, I, I mean, what were your take on all of this and how we all consumed it so far? So the blind items about, um, about, Kyle and Maurizio have always been, I say his name, by the way, like Lisa Vanderpump. I call him Maurizio and I don't mean to, um, <laughs> but the blinds have always said that they have a very, very like clear understanding that their marriage is open. That Kyle, like it is so common, not allegedly. allegedly it is yes. so common knowledge that Kyle knows that he has like an, a real type, you know, he loves these like, sort of like like Instagram model kind of girls in LA like with dark hair like and everybody knows his type and if you're the kind of girl that looks like that in his vicinity everybody knows that you're probably going to hook up with him like it's just common knowledge and Kyle knows it allegedly Kyle also very 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 openly dates but like you know doesn't talk about it but everybody knows that Kyle like that they date outside their marriage and that They've always had an understanding and, you know, on Beyond the Blinds, we talk about this a lot with just most famous people that I think a lot of people have that understanding. A lot of people in Hollywood, they don't live by the same sort of societal rules that we do, because why would you when you have all that yeah. money and you're so beautiful? Um, and I think that they've always had, you know, a real clear kind of non-contractual situation going on where it's like yeah we're in love we have great kids great family money and like go do what you want but don't make me look like an idiot don't embarrass me you know so what changed see that's the thing is like what changed like what made it so that it was no longer like a we come home to each other at the end of the night kind of thing like i i, I and i guess the arrangement just kind of fell through and was like well Kyle was like, "No, I really want to be with a woman." <laughs> I don't well, know. They, well, I mean, listen, like this is. I mean, we've always known Kyle has a huge boner for country music. We all like, mm -hmm. you know, he like loves it. So, like, okay. And also, if things are you know tepid with your relationship, new friends coming in. That's like if it starts as something. I'm a fan of this person's music, but like, where is is there going to be a conversation had? And I'm not ever. It's such a delicate topic because of like you know outing anyone but you know in real housewives in new york this week jenna lyons talks about when she turned 40 you know she was married with a husband mm -hmm. and a kid good job and then all of a sudden you know this whole other thing kind of opened up to her are we going to get potentially kyle talking about sexuality i mean like it would blow my mind for how kyle has kept so many things very sheltered from us you know, we haven't even seen a real blow blowout with her and Mauricio. Like all of a sudden we're going to pick back up cameras and then it's going to be like a whole different Kyle. 
Well, I want to ask you, like, do you think, because a lot of people obviously are saying, like, it's fake and that they're doing it because, like, you know, Vanderpump Rules had such a major... I'm so tired of this shit. Fuck. I'm so tired of people saying... You gotta, like, real life is real life at a certain point. You don't think the agency makes enough fucking money that they really need piddly Beverly Hills money? Like, what is your take on everybody saying everything's fake these days? Well, I think that it's like, now we're on the other extreme of people being too aware. Like... I don't think that everything is fake. Like I really, I believe that this is a thing that's happening in their marriage. And like, I do believe that they tried to maybe get ahead of it by releasing a statement together. Like I've read people say that they did that and then they regretted it <laughs> because they weren't really sure what they wanted to do. And then it was too late because it was already out. But I just don't think, like, I remember people even saying that Erica stuff was fake to make the season. And it's like, you guys are insane. A you have law involved. You, you have, yeah, you have law involved now, and you're thinking this is for the show? Like, that's <laughs> what it, but it, it goes into what we started talking about at the beginning. Everybody's a pop culture historian now, but everybody right. has the worst takes. We, we're all in this QAnon bullshit still, where it's like, guys, I can tell you for a fact, Raquel and Tom, that wasn't staged. Like, maybe Tom <laughs> thought it would be like, hey, if I eventually get caught, it would be good for the show but he genuinely didn't tell our like it, it it boggles my mind that people are so committed to having these things be fake yeah i absolutely do not think it's fake i i agree with you that i think it would be crazy to hear kyle talk about like <laughs> being with a woman i mean that would be nuts and we know that if she did it would still be in like the richard sisters kind of like we're being honest but not kind of vibe yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know totally shielded yeah. and Lies. You know how they were how they were trained by their mom to do. Exactly. I mean, like so, uh, big calf. I think that, and I'm, I'm, but I think if you want to say we're historians in a way is that we can then see past that. So it's still entertaining to watch Kyle try mm -hmm. to fumble through how to explain this to an audience. I'm totally down for. Um, finally, with Vanderpump Rules. Uh, I, you know, where season 11, where do you think, do you want to see Raquel, Rachel, where are you at? Are you tired of all of it? What, you know, are you into it still? Were I'm, you ever into it? I'm exhausted of it. I'll be honest. I was so in it that I lost myself. I, yeah. I came out of it not knowing oh, totally. anymore. <laughs> I was doing three and a half hour recaps. I was, I mean, like I was so consumed, like a lot of us were, but it was interesting to like then go outside and touch grass. And then you see some of your compatriots still in there. You're like, come on, dude, come out. Like, no, no, yeah. come out. The season will air when it airs. Come out. I still have people messaging me of like um, Raquel's sightings and Tom's sightings. I'm like, I, I really don't, don't care, care that Tom's at the airport, babe. I, I'm so happy that it's still fulfilling you and lean into what fulfills you. But I don't care. I just, I am so exhausted. I will say that I think um, Raquel would be an absolute idiot not to film. I think to leave the, to leave with this as her like final uh, remembrance in the world is insane. Like, even if you have a terrible upcoming season, you gotta leave on a different note. You can't have this be the last taste in people's mouth. But then, I mean, we're such a weird backward society now that in five years, she will become like Batman. She'll become a legend. Like, it was like oh, she disappeared and we never heard of her, heard from her again. She'll be like Greta Garbo all of a sudden of just like in this mysterious figure that like came and went. But when I, you know, her coming back, I just like, yeah, that's cool. But it's not like she's like going to come back and she's all of a sudden learned how to communicate. 
Like it's going to be the same shit. She doesn't know how to like form thoughts and a couple of months at a wellness, you know, resort is not going to teach you how to, I don't know. Like I'm here to, I'm, I'm either way. I'm okay, but yeah, I want to see it, but I, I don't know. I'm starting to think that it's not going to happen. Well, I, I know that you'll agree with this. I always say that, um, especially with Vanderpump Rules, there's like two different kinds of reality stars to me. There are ensemble cast members of a show, and then there are reality stars. And like that show is full of stars, and she's not a star. Like she's a cast member. She's an ensemble cast member of a show that is much bigger and greater than she could ever be. And like she, if she was a star – like if she was a reality star, she would take this scandal and turn it into a million dollars. She is the world in the palm of her hand, really. She's a villain. She's like the biggest reality TV villain in the entire country. Like if she, if was she like had, the, if she was able to speak like Lala, like it would be a whole, it would be game over. It would be game oh over. If you she know? had the 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 like, I don't know the the natural ability to be a reality star like a Stasi schroeder with this the eyes that she has on her right now she would have she'd be oprah yeah yeah and that's why you know yeah. she's truly she's truly probably very confused and lost with this whole situation because she's not doing any of that she's not i mean really capitalizing yet on this even though i'm sure certain people are trying to get her to you know yeah. tom is even trying to do it he can't like none of these guys are effective communicators so it's funny to see the people that are like lala ran with it like made merch immediately fucking like you know even like sheena's og and sheena wasn't as quick as lala with this stuff so um troy mckitty you did it again you do what you do every time you brighten our days you are just the Oppenheimer of pop culture. And we <laughs> salute you. We speak your name. Um, Beyond the Blinds, what, what it's all coming up. So Patreon potentially for Dunzo, which we need to talk about. Go follow Troy. You'll know when that happens. And then Beyond the Blinds celebrating its 100th episode. Anything new that we can support you with besides all of that stuff? Um, We are starting to do, uh, we just announced it. We In the episode that we're releasing, I think tomorrow it'll come out. But we're going to be doing um, an extra episode a week for our main feed um, of just pop culture, just gabbing, talking about what's happening, things we've seen, things we've been watching, out, like nothing to do with blind items. So um, there'll be two episodes publicly a week. That one will be a little bit shorter, but, you know, just like a fun a fun way to have extra content. And yeah. yeah, I'm excited. Well, dude, I appreciate it so much. I, I, uh, I needed people that I wanted to like really talk to today. Cause I was so, so out of it in so many other ways. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I love you so much. And, and, uh, I'll be back in New York at the end of August for a couple of weeks. So hopefully I, we can meet up for, for a drink at some point. Yes. Let's go. I, I allegedly, I think I lived near one of the new real housewives and we can, we can stalk. Is it Psy? Can we stand out our brand brownstone and just look through the windows like she used to do with people? We'll hang up of her garage door. That's like hey Psy. <laughs> okay, dude. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Betches.